Bruce Newberry. The food dude. All right, so here we are. It's Bruce Newberry with Ted Carusas, and we're here at the Blue Play Diner. So we want to talk about real. This isn't Dr. Phil real. This is how real is real. And as a, it used to be, it used to be what? Um, we're talking metaphysics now. You get metaphysical. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's what is real? Zen with Ted. Yeah. I mean, well, they used to, we used to describe real in terms of food as no fillers, no, no native. Yeah, I th- it's funny. Okay, good, good, uh, good starting point. So uh, there's a continuum, I think, of what real food is and authenticity, and how those meanings and definitions have perhaps changed over time. Right? Uh, before fast food, you used to think of real food as, let's say, a diner food. Right? It That's was right. made to order. It was short order cooking. Uh, it was comfort food with no fillers or byproducts or this, that, the other thing. Then somehow mass business got engaged and involved in it, and the small little mom-and-pop restaurant started to become chainified, if that's a word of choice. And as part of the supply chain and um, trying to fulfill those orders, there a science was adopted where things had to be codified and made a certain way and shelf lives had to be increased and transportation had to be taken into account and so what you have over time is it's still real food meaning it's food but it's been somehow modified changed whether it's atmospherically with cryovac which is not a bad thing you have all these modifications so in order to preserve the food you had certain things come into play with the sciences that caused the perception to be that it's not real. Right. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Because so then we started to say, well, okay, this is not real over here. So over here, we this is real and it's now authentic. Right. That so was the way we had of, of differentiating that something was real. Okay. Food was real. So, so let's try and make this connection. So you have the uh, codification of food and the fast food. Uh, now you get, can get one in every corner, right? And it tastes the same whether you're eating it in Maine, in uh, Newport, Rhode Island, or in California. So how do you get that? Well, you know, uh, you invest a lot in the technologies and moving of the product. And you kind of back yourself from the plate all the way down to the farm. Okay, and you have strict standards that are in play, and you have all these other things. So it becomes a very, very big science engaging. Uh, how do I do this? Now that's also that you can get a consistent product. In the process, however, you get a homogenation. I think right. You get your hamburger, and you expect it to taste the same way, right? But there are nuances in in life and in food, just like fine wines, right? Right. I mean, wines are a product. The grapes. The wines are a product of the grape mix. The grapes are a product of the environment that they're grown in, okay? Whether it's the rainfall, the soil, the this, the that. And so uh, people every year will pay a lot of money to have a very specific type of grape or a specific type of wine grown under certain circumstances. And even though you might do everything you can to make it the same, guess what? Sometimes nature doesn't agree and it isn't the same. That's right. It causes it to go up or down in price, Right. Uh, and so there's a different science in that regard. So um, that's when you get into authenticity, right? So it, it's still real. However, there are nuances. Things are different. They're, they're, it's, it's slightly modified, slightly different. And that is 
unfortunately, life and part of the experience, right? I mean, you can't have everything the same way all the time. So we are torn in this fragmented world of we want what we want when we want it, and yet we also want it to be authentic. Well, sometimes the two cannot coexist, okay? And so, you know, you go to a mom and pop and you have different cooks if the owner's not there and it might taste slightly different. Does it make it bad? Well, if the guy's a good cook, it might be better than what you, <laughs> what you were expecting to get. You know, you never know. Uh, but that's part of the, 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 the creativity and part of the, the change that, that is affected. Then you have, like, you go to a, a, I don't want to say a processed restaurant, but you go to a chain where the process is to make it exactly the same, regardless of who's working. Sure. And that's when you get a different, uh, a, a different product. So I think what happened was, somewhere along the line, we started to get a sense of place about the food, or at least the foodies did. Maybe they were, maybe they had the advantage they were able to travel, I don't know. But you would have people who say, well, I want the authentic the authentic Neapolitan style pizza That's that I had in Napoli. Right. Right? So so then we talk about so as a generation, I think the younger generation coming up the ranks are wanting to be more authentic. So okay, in a void, when you have everything being the same, that creates a void, right? I mean I don't want more of the same old same. I'm getting bored. I want something different. So what do you search for? Something that you don't get in your native area, whatever that might be. So that leads to authenticity or experiential food items. For example, in your case, the, the, the taste of old Napoli, right? So you can either travel to Italy, that's one way, or guess what? You can bring someone from Italy here with the credentials and the oven and the, the you know, whatever, the, the there's a certain uh, sure. origination. Uh, what's it called again? The well, when you, talk, when you talk about Napoli and you talk about the real Neapolitan-style pizza, that's certified by this official agency of the government of Italy. And I don't know what the, I don't know what the letters in Italian. in Italian are, but it's VPN. And it's a society of pizzaiola in Napoli that... Uh, gives a degree, a certificate, a training program to someone in America or anywhere else around the world to make the authentic Neapolitan-style pizza. Right. But I just thought of something, though. You can train the person in America, right? But it wasn't the idea originally that the guy came from Napoli and he opened a restaurant in, you know, your town. And that was the authentic... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Neapolitan restaurant. Right. Well, here's what's really funny. So authentic would mean you're using the tomatoes from the same area, the, the spices from the same area, the water from the same area. Yes. Okay, now if anybody's ever gone to Florida, I'm sure we have a lot of transplants out there from here to there. Uh, one of the biggest issues why they can't get good bagels or can't get good pizza yes. down there is because the dough is made with water from that area. Right. All right? So uh, authenticity also has to do with the ingredients, not only the technique, which is what we're focusing on, but it's also the ingredients and just the style. So there's authentic style. There's authenticity, meaning it's from there. There's bringing everything over. I mean, these are all things, but the the whole authenticity part of it. So that's how the authentic thing. I come over. I'm an immigrant. I come over to this country. I bring what I know. And when I can't find what I have, guess what I do? I, I adapt. I look at, and the, the, right. hence, instead of roasting the first chicken at Thanksgiving, we have turkey. Right, <laughs> right. Because I need, I need the turkey's wild and it's running around, and I need the chicken because I need to supply eggs for. Tomorrow. That's right. 
So what ends up ultimately happening is we come over with our recipes or we come from an area and then we adapt our recipes and our cooking methods to the local ingredients that are readily available to us. That's why over in the United States, we're such a bountiful country. We have such regional cooking cuisines. You go down deep south, it's heavily fried, it's heavily uh, soul food based. Sure. You go into the Cajun areas, it's heavily French because those were the French, the French techniques and what have you. And then they substitute, instead of lobster, they substitute uh, shrimp, crawfish, you know. So you make these kind of adjustments as you go. And in New England, of course, we're very, very similar to, to, you know, English food and, and style. And so you make do with what you have and you adopt your recipes and you adjust and then you have something that's totally new. Sure. And, and so um, that's why we're blessed here in the States. Now, instead of getting that, so when I go and I want authentic Creole cuisine, I go to a restaurant that's been around forever and really hasn't changed. But guess what? The people from that area, they go probably only on special occasions because they can cook that at home. But for me, I'm looking for the authentic meal, just like somebody coming into Rhode Island. They're looking for the lobster, like the chowder, sure. right? The, the, that we the, that we can have every right, day. That we have every day. They want authentic chowder, and they want authentic clam bakes, and those those novelties are what we take for granted, and hence that's why they're coming here to visit us and to have a, a, you know Johnny cakes or right. you know, whatever. So. so that brings the idea of having a having authenticity, but at what price? Right. So if you're if you have the wherewithal to travel to the Creole country to have real Creole cooking, then you're going to be able to do that, and you can pay the price for it. You can afford it. But we have gotten ourselves into maybe we're spoiled because we have everything. We have everything in abundance, and we are just in this mindset that we can get anything anytime we want. Well, there's two two trains of thought on that. I think there's going to be a fork in the road. One will be obviously more travel than not, and it's, I think it's strictly an economics thing. Alright, so the future of authenticity, where are we going with all of this? I think that we hunger, the more that we're used to the same old same, and, and the more that you have this homogenization of like the chains, even though they might be specific, you can close your eyes sometimes and you're eating at one place and it really, you could be at the other one just as easily. So you have a lot of differentiation and as part of that process, you'll have others that continue to differentiate themselves, becoming much more authentic, probably a higher price point, a lot more schooling, a lot more, less vanilla and a lot, uh, maybe Rocky Road, right? I mean, it'll just be different. And then you have this convenience factor that is also playing in tandem and with modern technology and transportation systems you're going to have places like this the blue aprons of the world and the hello freshes that will be able to source you authentic foodstuffs be able to give you authentic recipes and it's delivered to your door so the question is do i want authentic food yes you can get authentic food anytime any place anywhere over time with the modern technology but the entire experience being authentic that's going to become much more of a gray area i don't know um, how easy it'll be but i know that as the world gets smaller and we travel more and are more educated that we will long for those experiences and um, right now it's all about the luxury and the, the lifestyle that we're used to and i think you're going to have People will have to realize that, oh, if I'm going to Bali, guess what? Bali's not as wealthy as the U.S., so therefore I'm going to have to kind of suck it up and not have air conditioning. Or, or look for the golden arches. Right, right. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, go for what I'm used to, maybe one of the nights that I'm there, and or go for the authentic and you're getting the street food that's literally cooked in the street. 
right? And so it's just what are you looking for and what, what is your ultimate goal? And I think that that's kind of where it's been leading to for years and that's kind of where it's going to continue to lead. It doesn't mean that it's either one or the other is bad. It's just what are you looking for, uh, you know, and, you know, just adjusting your expectation accordingly. Bruce Newberry. The food dude. 